So today's message is called Above the Noise, More Than Chatter. And uh, as I was telling first service, I actually find it uh, so perfectly timed and slightly ironic that God uh, gave me the pleasure of being able to stand before you guys today. Um, so I'm going to paint a little picture of what's been going on in our family's life for the past, uh, I would say, six to eight months. And um, I'll be doing it throughout the whole message. So know if you just have a nugget here and are left wondering that I'll kind of wrap it up near the end. Um, our family, for a lengthy season, we've been walking through some pretty challenging and intense times. Um, really, it's all been concerning. I would say most of it has had to do with um, some pretty serious uh, health issues that my family and close loved ones have been going through. And uh, some of these challenges we've been able to share openly, and then others we've had to keep a little closer to home and just share with a few people um, to have them pray for us. But I will say this, um, that throughout it all, prayer in all shapes, whether it be those praying for us or us spending our time in prayer and stuff, it has been actually the thread, and it's been what sustained us throughout all of this. Um, we've had moments of sadness. We've had moments of rejoicing. We've had moments of weakness and strength. We've had um, moments of setbacks, and we've also had moments of breakthroughs. But always, and I want to reiterate this, always, continually, what has sustained us has been prayer. It's been prayer from others, and it's been prayer that we, um, time that we've spent with God. So I want to, that just to be the understanding here. So if I was to ask you, what is prayer? I would imagine most of you say talking with God, spending time with God, me talking to God, him talking to me. But would we ever call it chatter? Does that come to anybody's mind? I know when I was first thinking about this and thought, you know, through like a title for it, chatter probably was not the first way that I would actually describe prayer. But interesting enough, we actually do kind of chatter to God sometimes. And I want to give an own, my own personal example. Please, you know, see me through the eyes of grace after I tell this. But maybe some of you can relate. Um, I did say that second service might be able to relate more than first service with me. So don't make a liar of me. All right, so let me give an example. Um, I would say probably about three, four weeks ago, I was spending time, uh, quiet time with God and stuff, and I was praying, and God started downloading this word to me, and I was getting really excited, and he's like, it's not just for you, you know, I want you to share it and stuff, and I was like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm going to share this and stuff, so then I started thinking about how I was going to share it and the words that I was going to write in order to share it, and then I found myself over here thinking through all of that, and God was just sitting there waiting. I was like, oh, okay, God, yep, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, God, yes, I'm going to share it. I'm going to share it later, but I'm going to share it and stuff. And then I glanced across the room, and I was like, that trim looks really bad. I think our house needs to be painted. Actually, our house needs a lot of different things. And then I started going through the list of all the things that are needed to take place in our house. Oh, I'm back. I'm, I'm back. I'm ready. Okay, yeah, what else, what else do you want to download into me? What else? Well, by that time, then I started thinking back through the posts that I knew that I was going to do and was like, okay, God, hang on one second. I just need to do this real fast, and then I'm coming right back. 
Well, 40 minutes later on Facebook, I've done the post. I've watched probably about 35 minutes of kittens boxing each other and Disney World pictures, and I've caught up on all of my friends and all of the things that they're doing. And not only did I catch up on all the things that they were doing, but then they reminded me of things that I needed to be doing. Uh, one of them was going to the grocery store, and oh yeah, I need to get an oil change after work. Work. That's right, work. I forgot I have an email that I need to send to somebody. God, I'm just going to send this email real quick because if I don't do it now, I'm going to forget to do it later. And then, I promise, coming back, we're going we're gonna to talk and you're going to load more into me. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Yes, second service represent. <laughs> and so, honest people, that's what I'm talking about. It's true. So often, that's what that idle, mindless chatter. And God, the king of the universe, is just sitting there waiting to pour into me. It's really easy, right, for our actions to actually express that we're comfortable with chatter, that we're comfortable with idly and mindlessly talking to God. But in reality, guys, prayer is a lifeline. As I mentioned before, right, in our own personal story and stuff, it's the prayer of others and it's our own personal one-on-one -on -one time with God that is actually sustaining us and is continuing to sustain us. But I also want to cover a couple of other ways that we can rise above this noise, right, this chatter and stuff that we place before our conversations with God. Because we need to recognize, again, like I said, it's a lifeline that we cling to because this is how we get to enjoy the amazing benefits, right, of having God intervene in our lives. So as most of you know, right, in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I actually uh, covered, because I feel it's really important for us to understand the lens in which we look at God. So with the gifts, one of the ways that I did it was I was like, it's important for us to understand the lens in which we look uh, through him, so that way we can receive gifts from God, from Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Well, the same is true with prayer. If we don't have a clear idea of who God is, we're going to be less likely to spend that intimate one-on-one -on -one time with him. And we're actually going to probably spend more time chattering at him rather than letting, letting him speak to us. So I want to kind of give us um, some vision of that first before I kind of break down um, some more about how we can rise above. One of those things is we need to look at God as a person. He is a person we can interact with that wants to interact with us. He has a will, and he wants to relate to us, and it puts us in a position of relating to him, and we get to have meaningful conversation with him. Now, if he were impersonal, then prayer wouldn't be meaningful, correct? But how about if God was just personal? But let's say he was just personal, had a will. Um, we could relate to him. We could talk with him, but he was uncaring in distance. Would we then feel motivated to pray? Would we then feel motivated to spend time with him? No, another thing that we need to keep before us, right, is God is love. He's not just love, but he is all of love, all of love, full encompassing, as indicated in John 3.16 or 1 John 4.8. But God is not just loving. He's also powerful or omnipotent, meaning that no prayer is beyond his ability, right? Stated in Luke 1 it says this, for nothing is impossible with God. If God were less than powerful, the opposite, right? If we believed the opposite of him, then we'd have no assurance that he would actually answer our prayers or if he even cared if we went to him and prayed. But also knowing that God is all knowing is important as stated in Matthew 6, 8. God knows what we need to ask before we even ask it. He knows what is best for us. He is active in his creation in a very personal way. He is very involved in each and every one of our lives, 
There is no prayer too great for him. There is no prayer too small for him. Nothing takes him by surprise. Nothing happens in our lives without his knowledge. He is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He is sitting next to you right now, ministering to you. He is everywhere throughout his creation. It is so important that we know these characteristics, that we understand these characteristics, because it assures us of how God will operate. It is important that we know his personal nature, his love, his power, knowledge, wisdom, holiness, eminence, sovereignty. It all plays a role in how we relate to God in prayer. They also help us to rise above the noise so we don't go down that chatter road, so we don't get distracted as often. It helps us to realize that there is a real, tangible, loving Father who is waiting to walk out this life with us. It creates a relationship in which those idle chatter moments become less likely and true communion gets to take place. Now, sometimes the noise that we actually need to rise above is the noise of the situation that we may be facing at that time. Or also, it can be, you know, that we are facing multiple events at a time. As I indicated, right, Scott and I, we've been going through some things for a season. And so what happens sometimes is we can get so deep into that season and stuff that words can evade us. And literally, our heart cry is so deep that there's nothing left. We need somebody to come alongside of us and and intercede. You know, it was interesting. Actually, earlier this week, I was talking uh, with someone that had called, and we got on the topic of Moses and the war with the Amalekites uh, found in Exodus 17. So I'm just going to paint a little bit of a picture um, of what that may have looked like. So what happened was is Moses had actually um, commanded uh, Joshua to go and find a group of men. And he said, I want you to find this group of men, and then they're going to go into battle. And he said, then I, myself, Aaron, and her, we're going to be up here on this hill. And I'm going to be holding this staff that God has instructed me to carry. And so the battle is waging on. And I'm going to pretend to be Moses here. I'm going to do my best Moses impersonation. If you know somebody that can do him better, show me them. (laughs) Okay, so here I am as Moses. Okay, God. You've got this. I'm holding up my staff. You're in charge. You're king of kings. You're lord of lords. The battle's looking good. Thank you, Father. Thank you for all that you're doing. And he's holding his arms up, and he's holding his arms up. An hour goes by, still holding his arms up, feeling full of resolve. God, this is amazing. Look at what you're doing. We're winning. We're on the side of victory. Thank you, Jesus. Man, it's getting a little hot out here. No, okay, God, you've got this. You're in charge. You're in charge. Two hours. Three hours go by. His arms start to get lower. Okay, God, victory is yours. You said that we're going to win this battle. Anytime now, God, anytime. I'm ready. I'm ready, God. I'm ready. And then he drops the rod. What happens as soon as he does that, the Amalekites start winning. Well, meanwhile, Aaron and her are over here, and they're noticing this trend. He'll collect himself again. Okay, God, yep, you're in charge. You've got this. Yes, we're going to win this battle. Six hours in, seven hours in, and he keeps finding himself in this battle of lowering his arms. Well, I want to explain to you what happened next. This is kind of my version of it. I think Aaron and her, they're like, oh my gosh, every single time that he lowers that rod, the victory starts going to the enemy. 
we got to do something. We got to come alongside of him and we need to help him out here. So what did they do? They went and they got a stone for him to sit on. And then Aaron came along one side and her came along the other. And they're like, this is what we're going to do, man. We're here for you. We're going to raise your arms for you. We know you're getting tired. We know you're getting weary. We know you're standing on the promises of God and that you know that victory is just around the corner. But sometimes we need other people. Sometimes we need people to come alongside of us. So they raise his arms up. And Moses is like, okay, where I'm weak, you're strong and stuff. God, you've got this. You've got this. And God, you told me to let other people carry my burden. I'm letting other people carry my burden. And Aaron and her stayed with Moses, raising his arms. It said until the sun went down. And then they saw victory. Guys, that's what we need sometimes. Sometimes we just need help getting the mic out. And then we also need somebody to stand alongside of us. We need somebody to come alongside and say, we're going to do this with you. We're going to do this battle with you because we know victory is coming. It is so important. It is so important that we spend time with others and with God. So that story, that painting of our lives that I was going to do for you, here's another little moment of it. This was Thursday, and this is what my Thursday looked like. I was actually scrambling and struggling Thursday. I was struggling with this message, actually. I had been working on it for months, but what I had had um, laid before me it just wasn't inspirational. It didn't feel like it was from God. It actually felt like it was more so from me and my own words. And it just felt like it was just going to fall flat. So I was struggling with the direction that God wanted to take this message. At the same time, I had just gotten done sending out an email to the prayer team that I do every week that has encouragement in it and prayer requests for them. And the encouraging word was this. It was about relying on God and that it's important that it's something we do each and every day, that we resubmit and recommit ourselves to that. So I had that. I had this sermon that was wah, wah. And then I also then, at that very moment, received a phone call from Levi's doctor for his knee. Now, I don't know if some of you guys know, but he was actually in a skiing accident, and Scott and I were unsure multiple times whether this was a real injury or not a real injury, but the swelling seemed to indicate that it was. And we had prayed, and we were standing on God's word, yet the MRI came back that he actually had a tear and a fracture in it, and that we would be expecting a phone call uh, from the orthopedist you know, at any point in time. Immediately when I got that call, the wind just felt like it was taken out of my sails. Now, it wasn't because of just this one instant. It was moment after moment. It was the sermon that just wasn't coming together. It was these things that we had been battling for the last eight months. It just felt like too much. It felt like I, I literally wanted to surrender. I wanted to say, enough, I'm out. Tap me out, someone else come on in. It was interesting to me also because as I was sitting at my desk, and I'm surrounded by the unfinished message and the email that I just sent out to the prayer team, right? Stir up your faith, stir up your faith. And I literally had all these books all around me as well, just to kind of help work through this message and stuff. I had um, the book by Randy Clark on equipping all Christians to pray. And I had Growing in Prayer by Mark Bickle and Whisper by Mark Batterson on how to hear the voice of God. I had all of these resources all of these resources surrounding me, more than I could ever need. Yet I couldn't raise my arms anymore. I was done. I was finished. It was that moment that I had a choice to make. I could choose to let the victory slip, or 
I could maybe swallow some pride that I was dealing with, and I could put a phone call out, and I could reach out to that Aaron and that her and know that they were going to hold my arms up, know that they were going to give me the strength to push through this, know that they were going to help see me through this victory. That's exactly how we rise above the noise. Sometimes we have to allow others into our lives to, help, to allow them to hold up our arms, to allow them to raise our arms above the chaos and the noise and the circumstances. We need to link ourselves with those who are going to help us declare that the Lord is my banner, right? Just like Moses. Moses was able to, at the end of this, say, I will hold the banner of the Lord my God high, for the Lord will continue to fight against my enemies forever. The reason he was able to do that is he had these two men who came alongside of him and said, it's okay, we got you, we're doing this thing. We're doing this thing called life together. God not only encourages us to pray and commit our burdens to him, but he actually also tells us to carry our burdens for each other. In Galatians 6, 2, it says this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. We fulfill the law of Christ when we carry each other's burdens. Amen. To love others as he loved us, that is how we carry the burdens. Now look, I'm not saying this either, because remember at the beginning, I said there's some things that we've been able to share, and there's some things that we've had to keep a little close. So I'm not saying that you indiscriminately, you go up to anyone and everyone, and you lay out everything that is going on, and then the next person, you're like, hey, hang on, got to tell you, I need some prayer, blah, 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 blah. Oh, next. That's not what I'm saying. But at the same time, I am saying this. If it is pride that is holding you back from having somebody pray for you, I want to tell you what, you may be missing out on your victory. We need to come alongside other people. We need to allow them to intercede on our behalf and change the course of the battle that we're facing. That's how it worked for Moses and the Amalekites. That's how it worked for me in that very moment. And I'd also like to just uh, have welcome Andrew Peasley up here because he has a, short, a story to share along that lines. Hey, guys. You got it. I think we're good. Awesome. Um, I just want to kind of break something down that happened uh, in the office this week. I uh, just want to break this down, how God worked. Um, I had a patient on Tuesday that came in, and on Monday he had a pretty bad day. Um, he had slipped on the ice, and he fell on his shoulder, um, and then his shoulder, like he couldn't move it up at all. So bad day, you know, you fall on your shoulder. After that, he continued working and things and fell three more times on the ice. Really bad day. So uh, he comes in Tuesday, and he's like, ah, you know, I know his family, great family and stuff. And his wife's like, yeah, you just got to go see the Peasleys. And um, so he came in there, and I was uh, kind of examining his shoulder, and I was, like, asking what happened. He's like, I fell, and I, you know, I fell, and I heard it pop and kind of sound like a rip. It's not a good sign. Not a good sign for the shoulder. Um, so we go ahead, and I examine him. I take an x-ray, and I'm just kind of looking if something's dislocated or fractured. And his neighbor's dad is actually an orthopedic surgeon on the east side. So we get this x-ray, and we, like, forward it to his friend, you know, his uh, neighbor, and then he gets it to the orthopedic surgeon. I was like, I'll see you later this afternoon. Um, so I'm kind of like thinking about it. I was like, I mean, honestly, there's nothing I can do for like a torn um, ligament. There's nothing I can do for a torn labrum. Um, it's six weeks of physical therapy, then surgery. Um, and, but the guy couldn't move his arm either. So I get a voicemail, and it's from his wife. And it says, um, so-and-so, he talked to an orthopedic surgeon, and he said, and then it just like cut off. I was like, okay, that was like the good part. You know, I really wanted to hear that. Um, so the guy comes later for his appointment, and then I was like, hey, what was that all about? He's like, hi, I told my wife I talked to him. He's like, 
is like could be you know a, a tear in the rotator cuff there, um, but you know we don't really know. We need to get an MRI and things. And then he's like, well, you know, and then she's like, well, what's kind of the point of going too? And that's what he was kind of thinking. He's like, and then he's like, I just felt like I should come in. He's like, I just felt like there was you know a nudge to come in. So he's like, so I, so I was calling her while she was leaving a voicemail. I was like, oh okay. And um, so as I'm kind of talking to him and things, and I'm just like, there's not, and I, and I know this, I was like, there's not much I can do. Um, so I start kind of just working on his shoulder a little bit. I'm um, just moving it around. Literally, this shouldn't do anything. Um, and then it's starting to loosen up. I was like, I was like, this is really weird. I was like, this is kind of, this is loosening up some. And he's like, it wouldn't surprise me. He's like, I know my wife's at home praying like crazy right now. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, <laughs> I was like, I just really feel like I should just stop right now and just lay hands and pray for you. I was like, is that cool? And he's like, oh, yeah. So I do that. So we um, just stop right there, and I just lay hands on him and pray for him. And then as I start to work on his shoulder, um, he goes from being able to move it like this um, to being able to move it like this, which isn't like, you know, he's not bringing it all up. But for him to be able to move it, God did something that was totally stuck, and for in his presence was just there. And we were just like, this is so cool. Like, we were both, like, sitting there. Um, and then I didn't get to share this with the first service, but then I saw him the next day just to kind of check in and see how things were doing. Um, and he still has his range of motion, and we don't know it, totally what's all going on there. But I do know that God did something significant because that's nothing that I could do on my own. Um, and for him to be able to move this now, he can do some work until he gets some points and things. But the really cool thing looking at is the obedience of his wife. Um, his wife was praying. And just for his obedience just to be like, I think I should go even though there's nothing he can do. Um, and then I had obedience of doing something even though I knew I couldn't do anything. So, yeah, God is good. And, yeah, praise God. Amen. Let's give Andrew a hand and God a hand for that. See, that's why we have things like the prayer team. We have the prayer team. It's a safe place where you can go, where you can find an Aaron and a her who are going to come alongside you, and they're going to say, we're going to lift your arms up. We're going to lift your arms up until we see that victory. You know, guys, also another way that we can rise above the noise, since we're talking about prayer, is corporate prayer. So a general rule of thumb when I read through the Bible is I particularly pay attention anytime Jesus does anything. And I kind of note it and document it. The reason being, right, we're called to be like Jesus. He's the supreme model of someone who loves others so completely. Everything Jesus did for people and others was based out of love. Therefore, in order to love like Jesus then we have to pray like Jesus. The word actually says that Jesus, when he was here on earth, he prayed for the disciples, and not only for the disciples, but he prayed for those that they would reach. But it doesn't end there. It also talks about that Jesus right now, currently, he is interceding on our behalf. He is sitting right now in a place of honor next to God, interceding for us. So how much more important it is, is it that we be doing that? Not only had he set the example, but we've also been instructed to pray, right? The word says that we're not only to love our enemies, but to pray for our enemies exactly not only does it say that but in second or first timothy 2 1 through 2 it says this i urge then first of all that petitions prayers intercession and thanksgiving be made for all people all people when we participate in the first saturday of the month prayer we actually get to rise above the noise we get to rise above the distraction that the enemy has so cleverly placed in our lives We are actually given the opportunity to honor God by reflecting his caring nature for others as we intercede for one another, and then this brings him glory. 
A third way that we actually get to rise above the noise as far as with prayer is our intimate one-on-one time with God. Do not, and I'm going to say this slowly. I heard from several first service say a couple things slowly. Do not let the familiarity of prayer rob you of your one-on-one time with a personal, loving Father. In these moments when you are alone with God, he's not looking for perfection. He's not looking for how well you phrased your words. He's looking for an opportunity, an opportunity where we actually get to rise above the noise and we're silent. It is so important, guys, that we not only crave the sound of his voice, but that we limit our time idly chattering at God. God's not going to dishonor himself by competing with other gods. And so if our other gods happen to be Facebook, if our other gods happen to be our to-do list, he's going to wait. It's also important, guys, that we just close the door. We spend some time in praise and worship because that shuts off and shuts out all those noises and distractions, and we just spend some time listening. Our eagerness to listen is directly linked to the value we place on the person speaking. So basically what that means is the most important person in the room should be the one that is speaking. So I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask myself this, how much do I value God? Who is the one that is speaking the most in our time with him? The measure in which I put toward hearing is the measure in which he speaks, and then it's the measure in which I will hear, point blank. Pastor Josh actually said something uh, last week that I wrote down because I knew that I wanted that in this, and he said that God will whisper just so that way we will draw close to him. The greatest test of any relationship is silence. Think about it. I can be in a car with my husband for several hours, and neither one of us feel compelled to speak. Neither one of us feel like we have to continually have conversation. We're just comfortable with one another. There's no awkwardness. Why? Because I have a relationship with him. He knows me. I don't have to put on a facade. I know him. He doesn't have to put on a facade. We get to just sit there and be with one another. But I can equally tell you this. If I was to pick up a random person just walking down the road and encourage them to get in my car and they got in my car, I would tell you I would ramble. And you think I talk fast up here? Just wait till you see me in a car with a stranger. I don't even know if I would know what I was saying. But it's because there was no comfort level. I didn't have a relationship with that person, so I felt like I needed to fill that time. So often that's what we do when we spend time with God, is we don't have that clear recognition going back to the beginning of who God is, how much he loves us, how much he is for us. He says in Psalm 46.10, he says, Be still and know that I am God. The greatest test of my relationship with God is actually my silence. So I want to just tell you this, it's time for us to rise above that noise, and I want to encourage Maddie and Drew to come forward. They're going to lead us in a song, and I just want you guys to take a moment and allow God to speak to you. Just spend some time uh, with him, and just let's see what he says.
to encourage you, allow God's love to capture you. Allow him to speak to you. Allow him to heal you. Place yourself in that intimate moment with him. He loves you. He has the best plans in store for you. He has a future and a hope in store for you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for who you are. I thank you for your goodness and for your grace and for your faithfulness. I thank you that you not only love us, but you are all of love. You are everything of love. Father, I thank you that you are our Father, that you are someone that we get to go to, and we can just sit and be silent. We can just sit and allow you to minister to us, to heal us. Father, I thank you for others. I thank you that you've placed them in our lives and that you've not only placed them in our lives, but you've said to allow them to help us carry burdens. Father, I thank you that right now pride is leaving in the name of Jesus. I thank you that people have an openness to them to seek out the comfort and strength from you first and foremost, but Father, that they seek out the comfort and strength that you've um, given us as we're called to do life together. Father, I thank you for the word that was given, and I thank you that a good harvest is, is going to be. It's in your son's name we pray these things. Amen.